Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malik Ford. And we are discussing Kevin Nolan's art on Moon Knight. These comics are going for really high prices, you were saying? I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah. I think if you go on eBay, some of the, because it's Moon Knight, the TV show is coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think towards the end of Moon Knight run, these, like, the print run was very low for these comics. So. I went to my comic shop. I think uh, one of Kevin Nolan's issues is going for like 30 bucks. I'm all like, come on. Actually, I did find some for $5. Even that's too expensive. I, I have the trade paperback for Epic Collection. Oh, nice. That's how yeah. I read it. Yeah, I read it in the Epic Collection too. You get all of Nolan's work in that. Yeah. As well as some amazing Sienkiewicz work. Oh, yeah. And by the way, like those Epic Collections are also out of print and expensive so it's crazy really wow well they're in comiXology anyway yeah yeah well the hardcover yeah i mean the uh the paper yeah Yeah, it's so nice on that paper account for sure yeah uh and and nolan's art looks so good i mean it's it's 30 years ago so he's not the artist he would become yeah but um wow I, i just enjoy his artwork so much it's just him, you know, you could tell it's him. It's like, I love the way he draws. I love the way he colors himself, which you don't see it in this trade paperback, which I don't even think he colored it. So like later on in his career, when he gets to color, um, it's a lot, it's a real treat. The man just knows, you, you could tell very early on he knew how to draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I first noticed him I mean, he's drawing covers for Amazing Heroes. This is uh, late 70s, even into the mm-hmm. early 80s. And his line work and his figure work were so distinctive. Yeah, I, I think, of, is it amazing? There was one where it's like Batman is stumped over. Like, you know, that one where he's, his head is kind of like stumped over. I always remember that one that he drew. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great scenes in, in, in this book, in these issues. So we're going to mainly talk about Moon Knight 31 and 32 mm-hmm. in the collection. And like the first appearance we have of Moon Knight in issue 32, where he's got that three-quarter page, I guess they call it a half splash, of Moon Knight kind of coasting along and the cape just fills like almost the whole panel. In 31? Yeah. <laughs> and then you see him floating above the street and he just looks like Stingray ready to attack something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's such a spectacular, distinctive look. Mm-hmm. Just like so full of energy. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, it he he's such a good draftsman, but he also drew some really great... Um, fight scenes and move body movements and then also emotions like he was so good like Mm -hmm. what years would this be would this be like early 80s early 80s yeah yeah that's around the time of like punks too right you know the movies of like that you know like warriors i'm assuming the the movie warriors i don't know if you're you're familiar with the movie called uh streets of fire you know those oh yeah guys were like you know they always had like you know they're wearing jackets with no shirts on, you know, and 
they got these kind of these those haircuts like these guys have real kind of distinctive haircuts these punks yeah 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 all ready for a fight all the time yeah yeah i remember reading this i'm always aging myself on this pod i remember reading this story back in the day and the previous issue has got this knockdown drag out fight between moon knight and a werewolf Mm-hmm. beautifully drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz and it's like this super kind of exciting primal bizarre scene because it's drawn by Sienkiewicz at like peak Sienkiewicz mm-hmm. and like it's so intense and wild and I remember this next issue comes along and some punks basically terrorizing a bunch of older shopkeepers and it felt like something from a completely different world and a character Moon Knight works so well in it, but more than that, like Nolan does such a great job of kind of bringing these characters to life. Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember enjoying this issue as a kid? I would think it's kind of boring compared to like him fighting a werewolf and then Satanist. I think the previous issues like involves Satan worshippers too, like six six six, and it's like right. And then you come down to like. Oh, this these punks, they want to steal money so they can go to the dance. And they're, you know, it's kind of like, or a dance-off or something. It's like West Side Story. It feels kind of downsized or something, right? Uh, yeah, what do you, what do you think of that? I mean, I'm actually, I have no background. I mean, that's not true. I've read a few issues of Moon Knight that, even though I have a lot of the issues for, not issues, but trades for this run and Sienkiewicz's run, uh, I've oftentimes heard that it's not really Sienkiewicz's best. So I haven't really moved, came around to reading this. This was really the first um, time I read the Moon Knight from this era. Like I read the, there's a couple of issues that Bendis did, mm-hmm. um, a few issues that uh, I bought early on, like, like Greg Horowitz did nothing really, and then recently um, there was a Moon Knight that came out that I read. I actually had the trade and I liked it. Oh, I've read the Warren Ellis one too, but never from this era. And so for me, it's more of like a bombastic, like you know, kind of like a the one that I'm familiar with. He's more like a like I guess religious type of a figure with like multiple personality this is like i know now why people compare this is batman basically this is like a less wealthy batman yeah they don't really play up the multiple personality thing either yeah and and the and the batman part like it's even like i would say batman from like i would say like this is probably a batman from the 1940s you know like like, yeah, it feels a little older. It also feels very grounded. Yeah, because he's like ba- based in the streets and stuff. Uh, so first of all, in terms of the Sinkevich stories, actually, this trade, this epic collection, starts with with like the best Sinkevich stories, and I think the stories in this run are are his best work in the book. Oh, great! Awesome. So like the first story was Scarlet and Moon Knight, up into that werewolf story, and then those covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some of the best in cabbage work. And to me, Moon Knight 26 
hit it is like a great comic story mm. and, and very kind of innovative for its time. Really very like, uh, it does a great job of using a comics medium to tell something in multiple dimensions. Mm. Abby, did you read that as part of your read at all? I did not, no, but I will now. I'm looking at it right now and it looks beautiful, so. Yeah, it is. It's just a tremendous work of comic art. Like, I think it's one of the best books. It might be the best comics Sienkiewicz ever drew because it's got this rhythm and this energy to it. And mm. it's still very grounded. It's got a sense of morality, but it's also got this mixed medium artwork and it's got this kind of richer kind of depth to it. I mean, the story itself, a little cliched, but the way it's told is just wonderful. And I think uh, Doug Mensch is kind of seen as a, you know, most people don't even think about Doug Mensch anymore, uh, but to the extent people think about it, they think about him as kind of a journeyman writer, mm. right? And like back to the, this book the box a box of music for savage studs i mean just the title alone is like so melodramatic i wonder if um uh, kevin nolan designed the savage studs logo i bet because he's a designer and by the way like one thing about this issue versus the last one uh, the 31 and 32 uh, 31 is inked by terry austin like one of the superstar inkers mm -hmm. And 32 is inked by Carl Potts, who ended up being a, a, an editor too. And he was also a writer too for a while. He wrote, I know him as a writer for Punisher with Jim Lee. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He would write in pencil and Jim Lee would write over him or like they'd do different things, different tasks. Yeah. And, and I think Austin's inks look better than Potts's inks. Don't you? I agree. Yeah, I think they look better. Yeah, it just looks. The only thing is, there is one scene. Um, I don't know if we're jumping around, but there's a scene of human humanity that I think um, Potts kind of. Um, I don't know if you have the epic collection. If you go to page two seventy five on epic collection. Okay. And on the fourth panel you see like Lenny and he's you could see the like the remorse in his face and I don't think uh or maybe there aren't that many scenes that were, I think the Austin inks more are more superhero badass inks yeah whereas in Potts there's more humanity more like I don't know I, I guess I could say in some ways Austin is cool like in the action scenes but in the human human scenes I think Potts is a little bit better yeah, I agree. And the story is based around the humanity, right? It's basically this, this kid's been part of this neighborhood for his whole life. And the pawnbroker, he's being forced basically to shake down the pawnbroker in his business. And the pawnbroker is refusing. And they have this very, this very emotional confrontation. And so, yeah, on page, I guess it's 242 in the trade, mm -hmm. when Lenny's breaking down and crying, it just feels a little too melodramatic when Austin gets. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You get like a tear. <laughs> he's like crying like a baby. Yeah. And then yeah. But in the other one, he's actually like a man, like with a remorse, like, you mm -hmm. know, a grown man who's sad, you know, you could see that. 
I don't know if that's what he meant, but, but that's what you see. So I, that's what I like about it. I think Potts also kind of softens up Nolan's line work here. Mm-hmm. Where like uh, Austin just makes everything precise. You know, it's very tight. You that's- know, it's that's why he was so good when he worked with John Byrne is like he he tightened Byrne's looseness but Potts give this kind of a more I don't know just a richer feel to it yeah but honestly just let Noel ink himself (laughs) yeah well he yeah right he's so good inking himself I mean like you don't have to worry about it he's so good yeah uh I think yeah. I have every issue of Kevin Nolan of anything he's done, like interiors. It's not very much. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. He did the ABC stories with Alan Moore. What has he done since then? Just a couple like Batman stories and stuff, right? He's done like a few pages um, uh, in Doctor Strange. Recent mm-hmm. one with Jason Aaron, like three pages on an issue or something. Here right. Yeah, I remember that. And then, um, but recently, I think that's, and I think yeah. that that Doctor Strange run is an underrated run. Yeah, I mean, I think this show is about Kevin Nolan, so we're going to talk about it. He did. Um, Fantagraphics put out this issue called Dalgoda, I think was it, mm-hmm. with a dog or something. Yeah. And then, starting on the second issue of that series, there was a backup of like maybe four or five pages, maybe seven pages. I don't even know, of like this. Uh, fairy story that he did if anyone wants that i would recommend picking that up it's amazing the art is beautiful and like we were talking about he drew an outsider's annual it looks gorgeous outsider's annual that almost looks like it's drawn by frank frazetta or something and the color he did the coloring for that issue which is monumental but i mean that's that's old right what's he done recently uh, I mean, recently, I think he just does commissions and he does a lot of cover work. I, yeah, I want to get a commission by him. But, I'm thinking about, there's an early sketch by him for sale for 40 on, on Amazon, but or on eBay rather, but it's not worth, it's uh, very simple. Mm-hmm. We keep going off on tangents. So um, in terms of this story, there's a few scenes I think that are extremely well done i was talking about the scene where he's kind of gliding over the 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 neighborhood the fight scene in the second issue i think is also just like you were calling out really beautifully synchronized and it's got a real sense of energy it's also got a sense of like the the people people size against each other Mm -hmm. yeah i tend to think like his actions would be stiff i mean like because he's so he draws so beautifully but they're not you know they're great mm-hmm. they're like like really good not i don't i don't tend to think going in i think it might be stiff but it's not because he's so good at drawing you know he's so right. good at action too yeah i thought that whole fight sequence which is like three and three or four pages i think it's just so well done like the first panel which is again a half splash of Moonlight holding one guy up in the air and he punching the other guy. And Moonlight looks stiff there, but it's he looks stiff, I think, appropriately because he's like, he's so much more of a fighter than these guys are. Yeah. He's like shaming them in a way because he just like is handling them like they're nothing. Mm-hmm. 
and then you flip over and like they're getting the jump on him but he's still always in control I know, that's and, a good scene. and then the third panel of that fight scene almost looks like something out of frank miller's ronin where you just get a close-up of moon knight's glove with blood on it and then the shadows of him beating up the guys the uh oh, yeah, gang he's beating him to a pulp <laughs> yeah yeah because the blood is dripping off his hand and stuff yeah. and it's just such a well done scene right you can see the fold the kind of seam in his glove too which just accentuates like how close we are to to moon knight like it's something you don't often see i think even now it's a storytelling trope you don't often see but that moment works so beautifully to me oh the shadow it's awesome yeah you see this you see the action on the wall not in the yeah it's pretty cool i just noticed that I thought, oh my God, I didn't notice. I, I didn't know. I thought the it was just like a motif that he was doing, but really it's like that you're seeing the shadow, you're seeing the um, action and the silhouette on the wall as, as, as Moon Knight is beating this guy to a pulp. Can you think of any other times you've seen something like that? Because I can't. I mean, I wouldn't have noticed it. I think you pointed it out. I, maybe I've never noticed it, but it's amazing. You know, it's the kind of thing I go crazy for. Yeah, I mean, I like silhouettes. I was like, oh, that's a good silhouette. I wonder why the, he has that arm in his leg there. And then I realized, oh, it's because I, I just realized, as you mentioned, oh, that's his shadow. Okay, and then you go to the next page and you've got the aftermath of the fight. And Moon Knight's kind of above them, in the, above the gang in the panel. And they're almost like bowed to him. Like he's beaten them so soundly. So he's kind of showed them who's in charge. And then that sequence kind of moves along in the second tier. You've got Moon Knight close to us and you've got Lenny on the side. And Lenny per gets bigger from panel two to panel three. He gets more important. And then we get that really beautiful silhouette of, not silhouette, uh, portrait of mm -hmm. Lenny in panel four where Nolan and Potts just seem to really bring him to life. Like when, when I look at panel four on that page, like this looks like someone who can literally walk out of a, a, the comics page and talk to me. Yeah, it's somber. It, it's a classic Nolan image, but yeah. like somber. It's pretty cool. It's a good image. And then the last panel, the, the uh, bold width panel, we've got a view of the docks and Moon Knight and Lenny on the corner of the dock in the distance. Like it really kind of tells us from a storytelling standpoint what's happening, you know? Moon Knight's on top, Lenny walks in and our focus goes to Lenny and then we care about Lenny. And then we see them kind of talking things through as they're walking off on the dock. And it's just this really powerful way of telling, of doing the storytelling on this because it just emphasizes the spirit of these characters. Mm -hmm. so his storytelling is is just delightful not delightful that's a it's a wrong that's kind of a condescending word it's powerful mm -hmm. we've been talking so much about his line work but i think his ink work is or his uh storytelling is just as good yeah i mean the stories i think mensch does a you know, he tries his best to give a message. I don't really like the story. I was kind of boring and kind of ham-fisted. 
did. And I don't really know what the point of it at the end was. He like actually ended up stealing, like he put the money back. The guy's dead. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. The shop's going to be shut down anyway. Yeah. It feels like a, it feels dated the story, doesn't it? Prices are getting out of hand, Moon Knight. What the hell does that mean? Ma loves you for this. Yeah. Uh huh. But he tells yeah. the story, but no one tells the story well. He even draws that hand really well when he's putting the money down. Oh, so good, yeah. That's a real-looking hand. You buy the stuff for the art. Yeah, for sure. We should do another Nolan. Yeah. There aren't that many. We could probably do it in a few weeks. <laughs> hey, thanks for getting together with me, Amir. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you.